0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another installment of the Punk Rock Barbershop. I am your host, Michael Robertson-Reed, coming to you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also known as Marion Anderson City. Uh, Today we are going to do another installment of My Wife Thanks You. So this is the Crawl edition of my wife, thanks you. And so, when I say crawl, I am—I do not mean C R A W L. Um, so yeah, not the act of sort of scooting around your basement floor. Uh, I am speaking of crawl, K. That's a capital K, capital K R A. L. L. The villain from Star Trek Beyond, uh, played by the great Idris Elba. Uh, so this is uh, this is uh, something that I've wanted to talk about for a little bit of a while now. So this is similar. To the uh, Scotts Tots episode of uh, My Wife Thanks You, where I wanted to, uh, I wanted to share some thoughts about this thing. Um, so this might be a little rough because I've the last time I watched Star Trek Beyond uh, it was a couple of years ago. I think I've really only seen it. Um, the only time I've seen it all the way through is when it came out in the theaters, which I guess was 2016. Uh I've watched uh, I've watched some parts of it a few times. I think it was available on Hulu for a bit. Um so so I've got my laptop up in front of me so I'm going to be pulling up some internet information for quick references in case I happen to get a little bit confused. If I do get confused, I hope that you all will forgive me. Uh, Yeah, so what I wanted to talk about in this episode was I was pleasantly surprised and happy with how things unfolded with Idris Elba's character in this movie. Um, A little bit of a backstory, you know, or a little bit of just context. Um, I was a huge Next Generation fan when it was on. Uh, So the original series, I, you know, I feel so-so about. I've probably seen almost all of the original series episodes. I used to watch them a lot. Uh, They would come on after the Arsenio Hall show when I was in elementary school. So I would watch watch them then. The original series, um, you know, a couple episodes really... You know, really rev my engine, as Brian Fantana would say. But, you know, for the most part, I thought it was okay. The movies for the original series I thought were great. Number two, three, four, and six. You know, I th- I feel like I'm not going out on a limb by talking about how great those movies are. Um, I kind of view Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and The Voyage Home all as just one big movie. So, like, you know, because, you know, Wrath of Khan, I think, is the best all-around movie for the original series um i think that search for spock has some of the best moments Klingon bastards killed my son and you know number four the voyage home honestly i think has the best soundtrack and um you know it's 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 the funnest of all of the the star trek movies um so the the um The movies for the original series loved, loved, loved them. Next Generation, like I said, that was my jam. Loved it. Um, You know, just so many fond memories uh, watching Next Generation. Uh, I watched probably the first half of Deep Space Nine. Um, uh, Probably around maybe like season four or season five of Deep Space Nine occurred when I was a senior in high school, and then I started listening to the Beatles a lot, and so the Beatles replaced Star Trek as my great obsession. Um, and then I was also trying to get dates with girls in a senior year of high school, so I did not think that the Star Trek pontification was the way to go about that. Um, you know, nerd culture was not then what it is now. So you know, if I had to do it all over again. You know, I'd, I'd 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 find a way to incorporate the Beatles and Star Trek into my my Mackin game with the ladies, but you know, it was the uh, it was the late '90s. What are you gonna do? Um. So yeah, so we've got the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, which I liked. Um. You know, I got a friend Dave who I feel like kind of hates them because he's a bit of a Star Trek purist. Um. But you know, uh, Star Trek '09, as some people call it um yeah with uh, what's his face uh, eric banna as uh, as nero loved it thought it was awesome loved the new look romulans into darkness i dug um and i dug it because i really liked how it um it kind of felt very similar to captain america the winter soldier you know it was a uh, you know um you know uh, captain america winter soldier i thought was a really good sort of um, post 9-11 military industrial complex thin line between you know security and and handing over our freedom you know just like sort of taking on the the American warfare state the perpetual warfare state so I thought winter soldier you know was was a really great analogy for for uh, security forces in the post 9-11 world and uh in that same vein, I thought that Star Trek Into Darkness was a great, um, you know, uh, Osama bin Laden, Mujahideen allegory of, you know, the Federation was in a world with all of these, you know, deep existential threats. You know, they they, they made a bargain with some people for, you know, for short-term security. They came back to, to bite them in the ass. Um, and so... Uh, that's the lens that I viewed into darkness through. And so I thought that it fit in perfectly with the with the story of Khan Noonie, and Singh. I thought that, you know, the way that they reimagined his character,, um, I thought that it it fit in well with that story. Um, through that lens, I, I can understand how people are annoyed at the J.J. Abrams Star Treks, um, you know, and I, I share some of those annoyances sometimes, sometimes they, they definitely do feel, uh, like a, you know, just like big budget fan fiction. Um, but I don't know, sometimes fan fiction ain't that bad. Um, so those are my feelings, uh, those are my abbreviated uh, feelings about Star Trek. So what I wanted to talk about with Star Trek beyond, it actually connects to into darkness. um, and I will tell you why. So many people, as I'm sure many of you are aware, many people were very upset at the casting of uh, old Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan, um, because Khan is supposed to be, I believe, East Indian. Um, you know that's his con. His name is Khan Noonien Singh, and in you know all of the you know back material, uh, yeah, I believe he's he's born in India. Uh, you know Ricardo Montalban played him in the original series. And in Star Trek Two, Wrath of Khan, um, you know, I don't really know what Ricardo Montalban's, uh, you know, ethnic uh, identity is and, and racial background. Uh, you know, I mean, I believe he spoke Spanish and he had a what some would call a non-American sounding accent. So, yeah, I I never really knew if if he was like a light-skinned Colombian or a light-skinned, you know, person of Mexican descent. But I feel like, you know, Ricardo Montalban gets pushed into the people of color category. Um, And, you know, also Rathicon came out in, what, 82 in the... uh, The episode he was on, what was it, Space Seed, I guess it was. Came out in, what, 66? So, um, you know, so big topics and questions around cultural appropriation and cultural representation weren't being talked about on Twitter back in 1966. You know, Twitter was not that active back then. I had a Twitter account then, but I'm kind of a uh, a trendsetter like that. So, yeah, so you, you cast Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. People are super upset. Um, I totally get it. Th- with this one, I'm actually gonna go out on... Uh, on a limb and and defend J.J. Abrams on this one um, because of a couple of reasons. Um, one, I think that since in my perspective they were really going with a Bin Laden, Mujahideen allegory, um, if you cast a person of Indian descent, uh, perhaps of Arab descent, uh, you know, a, a person with, with uh, you know, some type of tan complexion and tan melanin, um, you know, in that movie, I, I can see how that ends up being very problematic looking, um, especially because of, you know, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but I really feel like... They were doing the 9-11 references kind of kind of deep in that movie, um, even down to the part when Khan, you know, tries to crash his ship, like, I guess, like, into maybe it was, like, the Federation headquarters or, like, into the San Francisco skyline. So, you know, I mean, so so you already got some, like, 9-11 stuff there. And then, yeah, just, you know, with, like, you know, uh, using his band of, of augments to become super soldiers to fight the Klingons, you know, I feel like that's very much, uh, you know... Uh, uh, connecting to how the U.S. government funded the Mujahideen to fight the Soviets in Afghanistan, so I feel like if you have a um, a a darker-skinned person in that role, like in you know this came out in what was it 2013, maybe 2012, like uh, I can definitely see a lot of people being really, really, really up in arms about that. Um, you know, I don't know if the consideration that I'm giving it, I don't know if that is any of the consideration that the producers gave it, but that's just what I think. What I do think was a distinct possibility is that, um, you know, big budget movies, especially big budget Hollywood movies, they really go with um, either established people in, you know, in these roles or they go with the you know like the up and comers that are you know that are in these roles so you know um and i think that for them a lot of the calculus really is you know can we can we sell this as a movie that has benedict cumberbatch in it can we sell this as a movie that has will smith in it can we sell this as a movie who has tom cruise in it or whatever um, you know, they're not necessarily thinking about racial representation, um, and I think that like, you know, uh, any time that you have a a person of color that is in one of those roles, it's really like a big crossover star, um, you know, like Idris Elba in Star Trek Beyond. So I honestly don't know if there was a a bankable enough star of um, Southeast Asian descent at that time that was well known enough that you know you could you could bring people in on the basis of that person's name. Um, you know, I think that um, someone who could possibly do that now, uh, maybe Riz Ahmed, um, who I you know I think is a fantastic actor. Um, if you haven't seen any of his stuff, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. Um, but he's uh he had a he was in a couple of episodes of Girls. Um, he played a surf instructor in that. Uh, he was the villain in a movie called The Sisters Brothers with John C. Riley. Was it John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix? I believe um, he was the the pilot. I think his name was Bodhi in Rogue One. That's where a lot of people have uh, have seen him from. I'm Bodhi, the pilot. Uh, yeah, and then he's uh, he he's also uh, a rapper, I believe. But he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He he grew up in in the UK, so I would imagine that if you live across the pond, you've seen more of his stuff. But so I think. You know, if Into Darkness was play, you know, was being made now, and you wanted an actor um, that was r- racially authentic to the background of Khan, Riz Ahmed, I think, is someone who you could. Producers would look at him and say, "Okay, like this, this is a relatively safe bet." Um, I think also maybe Rami Malek. Um, you know, I, I didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, but, you know, uh, based on the strength of, um, you know, what was it, Mr. Robot and, you know, I mean, he did win an Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody. So, you know i think that he, you know he he could do it but so at the time i don't really know if there was you know if there were people sort of um who 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 had the uh the financial uh sort of like the financial power to get into that role now we can also say that that is emblematic of you know like the white power structures in financing of films and like that you know that that's i think that's a legitimate discussion but you know if if you're accepting if we're playing within that system, which is what a lot of people do, and which is what a lot of people do to, like, justify, um, you know, other things, like, you know, to justify Chadwick Boseman getting paid, you know, a substantial amount of money for his next film, you know, a lot of the, the rationale is he was the lead in Black Panther, that movie made x number of dollars therefore he deserves to make x number of dollars for his next film so if you're going to like live within that like context then it like it goes both ways um but anyways so you know but clearly benedict cumberbatch being the villain being white you know uh the, the role of Khan being whitewashed, people were very upset about it. Um, even John Cho, who played Sulu, you know, did uh, at least in one interview when they were talking about um, when they were talking about Khan, you know, he said, "Oh, you know, just so you know, Khan is a person of color." So all of that brings me. You might be wondering what the f is this guy talking about. So that brings me to Star Trek Beyond. Uh, I was very excited when I learned that there was a new Star Trek movie coming out. You know, this is back in 2016 when it came out. And, uh, you know, I heard Idris Elba had been cast as the villain. And I was like, dude, awesome. Great. I'm super excited. Then I was super disappointed when I saw the trailer. And I'm like, oh, he's an a- like he's an alien and like his face is covered up. Um and like the reason why I was super upset about that is because you know I share people's frustrations with the lack of um I kind of hate the word diversity cuz I feel like people don't say what they mean when they say diversity they use diversity as a code word um so I'll be super blunt about it I like to see more black people in movies and in TV shows across the board you know um I love diversity and since I'm a black person my primary focus is black people. So, I want to see more black people in movies, in shows, and I want to see more black people outside of the stereotypical roles of either the street mugger or the drug dealer or the high school principal or the mega church pastor. You know, or the, you know, the uh, NFL running back who really loves his single mom. You know, I want to. I, I don't have a problem with black villains. I don't have a problem with diabolical black characters. I I want them. I want to see images that really um, challenge people's perceptions of black people. And you don't really get a lot of, um, you know, super uh, like. Fu- so if there was a black Kaiser Soze, that 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 would be the greatest role ever. I think. Um, you know, we might argue that Killmonger maybe is, is, you know, uh, closest to that in terms of sort of, uh, I guess, uh, like, uh, intellectual foresight in plotting things out. Um, you know, but, you know, Black Panther is, is, only one movie. So I was, so I was excited when I heard Idris was going to get the part. Then I was super disappointed when he was covered up in, like, blue makeup or gray makeup or whatever. Cause I was like, yo, like, you're covering up his, like, beautiful black face, I'm not cool with this at all. And I think I saw Ibb, Star Trek Beyond a little bit after I saw um what's the uh what's the movie that my brother affectionately refers to as Twelve Years of Stormtrooper? Um The Force Awakens. Yeah, Star Star Wars The Force Awakens. You know, so it was cool to see John Boyega in that but then lupita was in it i was super excited awesome lupita's in it too and she's uh, like a space worm or something like you don't get to see her so then and also i had heard rumors that for the poster for um the force awakens when the posters were in china they uh pretty much either airbrushed john boyega out of the posters overseas in china or they like you know made his face so small that you could barely see it Um, Don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone somewhere did that. Um, So, you know, so I was feeling upset about hearing that. I was feeling upset about Lupita. You know, you're not seeing, uh, you know, Lupita and all of her beautiful blackness in The Force Awakens. Um, And then, you know, Idris, who's, you know... Freaking badass and everything He's covered up as you know like a rock monster Or something so like I was like super 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 upset about that And I felt like you know and I Might just be projecting way too Much onto the producers here But I felt like the casting Of Idris Elba was a very Intentional choice on the part of the producers To sort of um, uh, Respond to The you whitewashed Con so I'm like all right, well if you're gonna cast A brother like go all the way with it so super mad however however they turned it on its head a little bit because you know if you if you see the movie the character of crawl is actually a um a federation officer named Balthasar edison who um you know was uh He was on a mission and he got marooned on a particular planet and he and his crew started going, uh, you know, they started uh, losing it a little bit. And so then the only way to survive was that, you know, they had to do some some not so good stuff and they got bonded with like, you know, this alien life form. So, you know, so you you learn more about Kral, uh, you know, you you see you actually see him as Balthazar Edison. You know, you you see Idris's beautiful, beautiful black face. Um, and, you know, and then eventually, you know, like, you know, he kind of sheds the, you know, the, the protective covering and the like alien stuff that was, that had him as crawls, you know, so you get to see the beautiful black man and, you know, it was really awesome because, um, you know, I liked the fact that his character was this unapologetic warrior, Uh, who was lost in the peaceful United Federation of Planets. Um, You know, because the the backstory on his character is that he was a military officer prior to... The existence of the federation um and then when the federation got formed he he received a commission to be a starfleet captain but he felt lost because you know he was uh you know he was he was a bit of a lion in winter you know he 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 was upset that the federation was breaking bread uh with the the enemies that he was sworn to destroy and he yeah he didn't know how to how to do that so so it was very cool because you know it was um yeah it was this it was a very unapologetic uh confused character and i feel that black people especially um black men are not really people find it weird when black men are confused, both in real life and on film, so I thought that was really good, um, yeah, and, you know, the, the movie was cool, you know, the, um, uh, Star Trek 09, I think was the best one, Into Darkness, you know, I, Star Trek 09 and Into Darkness, I can watch all the time, Star Trek Beyond, yeah, it was, it was a little too, like, Fast and Furious for me, um, you know, and, I would have liked if they played a different Beastie Boys song with it um, in it because, you know, I've, I feel like that was J.J. Abrams thing. You know, he was always sneaking in a Beastie Boys song into his Star Trek movies and they played Sabotage again. So I was like, like, I, and it was like a little too on the nose, like you're going to sabotage the ship by playing Sabotage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they could have uh you know, played in its place, I don't know, maybe something off of Check Your Head, I don't know, you could have played Professor Booty, I don't know, pick anything, pick a different Beastie song, Um. but yeah, it was beautiful to see uh, Idris's beautiful black self, and um, yeah, you know, I love Idris Elba, I think he's, uh, I think he's the best, I'm, I'm glad that he's in that new liquor commercial, whatever it is. I don't know. It's, it's good to see him on commercials, and my wife seems to like him on that uh, Netflix show he has, Tune Up Charlie, Turn It Up Charlie, something like that. I don't know. Um, and, you know, I would never pay money to see a Fast and Furious movie in the theater. But if I was at a party and someone was like, oh, man, I, you know, I got an advanced DVD of Hobbes and Shaw, or if someone's like, I'll take you to the movies. Uh, and I'll buy your ticket. I, I would go see Hobbes and Shaw just to see Idris in it. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he's like, I'm a black Superman. You know, I think that's totally awesome. And that reminds me, I should probably watch uh, the most recent seasons of Luther. I only saw, you know, the original two seasons. And, uh, yeah, because... You know, Idris is the best. All right, so those are my thoughts on Crawl, Idris Elba, Balthazar, Edison, J.J. Abrams, and the, uh, the ethnic background of Star Trek villains. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.